0: thanks for tuning in to the world xp podcast if you're enjoying the content please drop us up drop a like and let us know your thoughts below in the comments also please consider supporting our podcast via the link below it really helps us out scott welcome to the world xp podcast shout out to uh our mutual friend rich for setting this up really appreciate it um well first before i get ahead of myself welcome Um,
1: thank you for having me i'm super excited and uh Rich with rich images is the man and he takes a lot of unbelievable pictures and is a soccer guy like us so uh i think anybody that that uh, that knows rich knows that he connects some pretty cool people and uh, i'm glad we were able to connect up and i could be on the show today
0: yeah very excited to to talk to you some of the stuff that's on your website and some of the stuff it seems like you've or that you have accomplished um In your life, I'm excited to hear about it. But just um, so the people listening have some context, can you go ahead ahead and like introduce yourself a little bit of the backstory, how you ended up where you are, if somebody was to, like, if you were to say, I'm Scott and I'm a insert profession.
1: Yeah, you know, um, I'm Scott and most of all, I'm a father and a husband. I have two sons um, and that is the part of my life that I'm most excited about and um, the part that kind of drives me. Um, When I started out in my career, um, I actually went to college for something completely different than what I ended up in. I was a criminal justice major. I worked for the attorney general's office in the state of Virginia for a couple years and had a great position. And when when the AG didn't win the governor's race, I didn't have a job anymore. So I had to do some soul searching and figure out what I wanted to be when I grew up. And um, like most people, I had no idea. I was just going through the motions. I thought I was going to go to law school and I decided against it um, at the last second to take the job at the AG's office. And so to, to make a long story short, I got in as a financial advisor and um, I started from scratch. I had no money. I had no, uh, didn't come from a, a financial background, didn't come from a, a wealth background. I really didn't know anybody with money. And so it was a um, learning opportunity and when I started I told the story last night in a speech I gave you know the best things I've ever done in my life start by saying at the very least I'm going to learn something out of this experience and so when I started I said hey if I learn how to manage my own money at least that's a win because who else in their early 20s really knows how to manage their own money so I started knocking on doors and cold calling and building my business from the ground up uh, I did it for about fifteen years in a in in a lifestyle practice is what I call it. I really I was able to coach soccer. I was able to play men's league for, you know twice a week and and indoor and all the fun stuff that I love doing. um I was able to be really engaged and involved in the community. I started a big wine festival that that we had eight, thousand people come out to, and we could talk about all these things. I'm just gonna give you a little bit of insight and um and in two thousand and sixteen, I decided that I wanted something more. I wanted to build something bigger than myself. and I started Freedom Street Partners, which is my my new company. I'm the CEO of Freedom Street Partners. We now have uh, offices in seven states. We manage just under three billion dollars in assets um, of client assets. and we also have about 40 advisors total. Um, and so uh, that started from scratch from from zero on day one in 2016. We are seven years in. And uh, it's been great. Now, in the meantime, I have launched a YouTube channel and I wrote a book and I do a ton of things um, in and around this type of world. I did about 20 plus podcasting interviews last year, Eric. And um, they were, they started after I released the book in, in late 2021, but moved, most of them moved into 2022. And I just had a really fun time all the way, uh, to the point where I was getting asked to be on, uh, they wanted to be on my show after I finished on their show and I didn't have a show. So I launched the show. And so the high performance life will be launching in the next, uh, probably month. And, uh, that podcast is already rocking and rolling. I did an interview today. And so I am one of those people that has really followed my passion and the quest for wisdom throughout my career. And, um, but I started with the human. I started with the father. I started with the the husband because that's what I'm most excited about. You said you just got married uh, a year ago, and uh, or yeah, at least like recently, six months. Six months. Yeah. So, um, you know, if I think back to starting out uh, my life, my wife and I started where we we bought a home before we got married, um, and uh, hadn't moved into it yet. We literally moved in like two months after we got married. Um, after we did some, some renovations, she was a teacher and used her money for the down payment. And I had nothing. I mean, literally nothing. My business was so new that I had nothing. So um, the, the trek is truly, in my opinion, what I think is so great about our country, about our system, about all the opportunities that exist. I I found the ways to learn and grow over the last 20 plus years in my career. And it's, it's been a good run. So I don't know if that's a good uh, uh, start, but I figured that would give you some legs to take it any direction that, you wanted to. Be.
0: That is a great start. I wanted one thing that kind of um, spoke to me a little bit in in your answer is that a lot of the people that I've in probably the latter, like back half of the probably fifty onwards, I started getting more people like you rather than just like buddies from college and like other things. And one of the things that I noticed, and some of my friends from college as well are in the same, uh, similar, but just earlier on, they've started their own like personal training businesses or or photography, like Rich is a, is a good example. Um, and everyone that I've spoken to has said pretty much the same thing about what they do in their like how they fill their time. So like for you, you're like, okay, I started a business, but also I wrote a book and I started a wine festival. And I am do- like these things that are just like, people are just seem to be wired in a way that's like, I'm going to be doing productive things. And that's one of the reasons why I started the podcast was because in, when COVID first happened and everybody was sitting around inside, I was like, all right, I could just play video games all day. And I was like, that probably doesn't seem like the optimal thing to do for me as a person so I was like all right well I guess I'll try this um so you've managed to you've managed to kind of do that how have you managed to keep everything straight because even for me in my own sort of life the amount of things that you listed like having a wine festival the amount of logistics like just thinking about it if you had like yeah because you have to get the space and then you have to get all the vendors and then you have to do tickets and set up the time and get the permits and not like just so much stuff that goes into just that one thing and like one of my friends started his own um soccer club and he's trying to turn it into like a lifestyle um lifestyle fashion like all-in-one encompassing and he's done some great things in the six or eight months that it's been a club he got them into the the soccer tournament. I don't know if you're familiar with that. There's like the basketball tournament that was like a three v three tournament for a million bu- a million bucks, and then the soccer tournament. is a seven v seven one. So he had some connections, and he was able to make that happen. That just got announced uh, today at time of recording. But awesome. He's just he's just doing that one thing, and you listed off like six of them. How do you have the time to do all of all of it?
1: Yeah. So um, I'm going to uh, we can dive into the uh, the wine festival and some of the impact because that's all for charity. Mm-hmm. and i think that's a great way to talk about impact um but you've set me up for something that i think is really important a couple of things when you first start out you just start accumulating stuff that you're doing and you try to figure out what you love what you like what you don't like and and it's really a process and if you surround yourself with the right people this is a really big important factor no matter how old you are it's very you difficult yeah, you've got to surround yourself with the company. The company you keep is is really one of the most important things. If you hang around strivers, if you hang around producers, if you hang around people that want to be better and get better at everything and every day, be better husbands, better, better soccer players. I mean, dude, I, I was playing men's league, and three of my buddies and I would go out and literally train on on off days to be better. And we had no purpose. There was no, the semi pro stuff was so minimal back then. And like all the stuff that, that existed. And by the way, wasn't good enough to do any of that, but loved the sport, loved the game, and just wanted to get better. Everything that we did was about getting better. So the first thing is I think you find a path and, and you surround yourself with great people. That's, that's a big thing. You got to think bigger and really explore what it is that you want to accomplish in life. Create a vision and work towards it. So I, my podcast is called The High Performance Life. And I have a high performance life formula. My high performance life formula is based on the word life. L is love. It's the who's in your life. It's your relationships. Who are the people you surround yourself with? Who are the people that make you better? Who are the people that you want to work with? that are going to really help you be the best version of yourself. Who are the people you love waking up to be around every day? Who do you live for? Who do you live with? It is, it, and if you take the who and you apply, what are you doing with them? Why are you doing it with them? And how are you doing with them? Then you can kind of lean yourself into each of the other categories. So L is first. Number two is impact. That's what you do every day. It's your what. And so your what is um. Really your your financial freedom, your work. How many people wake up every day and hate what they do? Well, I've never been the person that wakes up every day hating what I do. If I'm going to continue to do it, I I will quit it. I will figure something else out. I will find something else to add that space. Impact is really important to me because it's not just about what you do for yourself. It's mostly about what you do for everyone else. Financial freedom isn't about you It's about the people that you're supporting and and protecting and taking care of. Next is faith. F for me is faith. It's something bigger than yourself. When you are, when we're young, this is difficult. It was difficult for me. It's difficult for everyone. I'm not telling anybody what to believe in, but if you don't believe in something bigger than yourself and you are it and this is it, life can be very empty and it can actually keep filling up nothing. It's holes, continuous holes and when you're young the sooner you you realize that the sooner you get away from yourself i just did what i felt i just followed my passion i just it's bullshit like most of that is is part of it it's how you start it but but really to find something it's building something bigger than yourself for something bigger than yourself and it's your why that's your why so it's really figuring out the spirituality nature god whatever it is for you I'm not here to tell you how to think, I'm just here to tell you that if it's not about something bigger than you, it's very difficult to succeed. And last is is something that as a soccer player, you understand this, it's energy. How you show up in the world, your how, how you show up in the world is healthy body, healthy mind, healthy spirit. It is everything, it's mentally strong, physically strong. So when you ask me that question, I will tell you that many times in my life, I become imbalanced life. Everybody searches for balance. And you know what happens when you search for balance, you realize how imbalanced you are. If you want to be great at anything, you have to lean into it. So when you lean into it, you often lean too far into it, but self-awareness helps you pull yourself out. So this life formula is something I've used throughout my life. And to your point, you asked a, a cool question, and that was, you said, like, how do you add all this stuff? How do you keep doing all these things? First of all, I set a vision. I set a goal for myself, and I continuously adjusted it. If it fed into, fed, fed into that goal, if it if it was a part of who I am, what I stand for, who I want to be around, then then I, I continued to move forward on it. And as I fell too far into one category, I, I was aware, and I used this strategy. I used to call it my four quadrants, so, you know, as, as I've done more and more of this, I've actually really been able to um, create the formula in a much more um, interesting way so people can follow it. But it really is about the mindset you bring to the table. And if you have the energy to put into something you love, you'll find your passion. Like that is really such a big point. And so I use this as a self-awareness exercise to identify when I have more energy, when I don't have more energy, when I'm overwhelmed, when someone feels anxious, I use this as a way to coach myself into a place that that leads me into the best spot. So you just mentioned soccer, marriage, uh, job, uh, coaching, playing, like, how do I do it all? Well, the first thing I, I do is when I start to feel overwhelmed, I come home and I write who, what, why, how love impact faith energy four areas you'll notice that on the bottom of that is the foundation it's how you show up and it's your why you aren't worth a darn to the people in your life in the top box if you don't have a bigger why than yourself and you aren't focused on a healthy version of you and you're not good to your teammates if you're if you're not in shape if your mind's not right you're a bad player on the field like these are really important things and your impact is useless if you don't have a strong foundation if you're showing up lazy tired drunk like think high like think of all the things that people do young in life and it puts them in a place where their impact is less yeah um so anyway that's that's a that's a that's a beginning part of my formula that gives you insight into ask a few more questions i'm sure
0: yeah no that's a great answer i think to your to your last point that's one thing that I tell a lot of people when they're like, Oh, I've got to do this and I've got to do that. And I'm like, how are you doing? Like, if your cup is not full, how are you going to fill anybody else's? Like, um, yeah. So I, yeah, that, um, makes sense. Hundred. And then one of the other things you said is like, if you don't like something, then you'll leave. And I've, I found that I was listening to a podcast recently like a clip went viral. And one of the things that he was saying was like, when things are like, Nah, like, it's almost better if things are really bad, because like, if your boss is like, kind of a dick, but not so bad, and then you don't leave and you just stay because but like, something has to get really worse, like really bad for you to kind of spring into action. And I feel with my friends and just observing that a lot of people are in that like, yeah, space. And to do something about it, um, <laughs> I I reference John Mulaney like once every four episodes. So he has in one of his specials. He says, "Doing nothing is always easier than doing something." It's like, yeah, well, yeah, it's comfortable. that's true. It is. It is exactly. And to kind of force yourself to get out of that, and to be uncomfortable, to try new things, and to try to pursue things that. Maybe you wouldn't have thought you'd be doing, like, even for me with my own training and coaching stuff, like <clears throat> nobody is telling me how to do it, how to make your logo, how to do business cards, how to do, like, I have to go seek everything out to my, myself. I don't have a teacher that's like, here, do this homework. It's like, everything is, I have to do it. Um, yeah. So, so you're seeking actually... the how you're seeking
1: the how. But yeah. but you know, what the shortened, the shortened game is seeking the who. So what, what happens is the younger we are, a lot of times we don't realize we actually think we have to do it all and we rely upon ourselves to do it all. But the fastest route to do it all quicker and more successfully is to find the who, not the how. Mm. So if I can find the who involved, there's a book called who, not how by um, Dan Sullivan and Ben Hardy. And I know both of them, they're, they're phenomenal humans. They believe and practice what they wrote about in the book. So it's the bestseller, but it really is all about the who's in your life that can help shorten that gap. So what you have to do is instead of seeking the how most people focus on the how, but we can focus on the who that might be, maybe it's just a mentorship. Maybe it's, and that's something I failed at really, really early on and had mm. to do all these things. So I'm speaking from a, from a place of learning, not from a place of, um, you know, like I had it figured out when I was 23.
0: Cause no, I, didn't. of course, I think even to, even to that point, like when I have to figure it out for myself, I've encompassing that was figuring out somebody who can help me with the yeah. how is, is, is Perfect. encompassed and is encompassed in that as well. And that to your point about who you surround yourself with when, Oh, mm, they probably won't watch this. When you have some friends who are in whatever walks of life that they're in, these are friends from college or whatever. And you love these, you love these guys, but they don't have the same, like switching the friend group over from like, okay, I'm still friends with you guys. I still love you guys, but that's going to be like, a, we're going to go have fun. You're coming to the bachelor party, yada, yada. Then the other, like finding the other group, is because school school was not my friend or my cup of tea like i i was basically according to teachers the bright kid that never reached his potential and so i've had to kind of like figure out how to go about life in in that way both by finding people to help me and like who right the who who can help me and who can mentor me and i found that a lot of my jobs that i've had and so i've been very blessed in kind of finding mentors but the like group to surround myself with i've found a little bit difficult i guess so i don't know like was it when like when you were in that spot starting your business and you and your wife had bought your house like where were you in that sort of like process with your group that you are that you surround yourself with because now i i would like just the guys that wrote the book that you mentioned and other people I'm sure that you surround yourself with now, it's, it's amazing. And everybody's producing and and all that. How did you kind of figure that out?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think there's two big parts to what you're talking about, because you're talking about something that's very challenging. And that is the, 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 the growth friends and the stable friends. And so what I mean by that is like, you're always gonna have the friends that know, know parts of you that, you want to uh get better at or change or it's not who you are anymore it's sort of like going to uh a dinner at your family's house and you could be 20 years past your 20 you know 20 you could be 40 and and your parents or your siblings sometimes will look at you like you're 20 and you're saying something that you know like you're in the same spot you never left like when you get around certain friends it's the same jokes it's the same things like it never changes right Sometimes that's stable. Sometimes there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I think one of the things I always did was if they were good friends, I kept them close, but I didn't have to bring them or they didn't have to bring me in every aspect of their life. I want them to do what's best for them. And, um, you know, in some ways, when you surround yourself with entrepreneurs for as long as I have, you kind of get in a room sometimes and realize you're the broken one they're not the broken one they're the ones that are content with everyday life they're happy to just be they wake up going and close their eyes and i'm the broken one i'm the one that needed more i'm the one that focused on on being the best version i'm the one that constantly wants to grow like i'm the one that's coaching them and sometimes they don't want to be coached like they just want to be be they
0: just want to and exist I, yeah
1: and i don't like just being like that's just not who i've ever been it's never who i'm going to be And so, um, it doesn't mean I don't love my old friends. It just means that sometimes there are parts of them and parts of me that don't match up as well. And that's okay. Know the setting where it's best to kind of go back into those places and know when it's best to maybe move to a different, a different place. And the second part is the leveling up and growth. So, you know, think of the NBA, or let's let's use a soccer player. Think of the guy who who gets signed to, you know, uh, um, a major league soccer deal, and he came from a poor neighborhood. He's not he's not grown up with a whole lot, and all of his friends think they made it because he made it. He has to level up at some point in time and pick the ones that are real friends that he's going to have around him, and and kind of push away the people that are just sucking him dry. And that will, that has to happen throughout life because Mm -hmm. the more successful that you become, the more there will be people that um, maybe aren't the kinds of people that you want to be surrounded with. They have less to lose than you. And when people have less to lose than you and you keep up in the ante, you got to be real careful. If you're not starting next year for that team and, and you're out with your buddies who are doing really dumb stuff and you happen to be, you know, a part of that and it keeps you from starting and keeps you from your contract extension like that's a big deal. So you see a lot of NBA, NFL, and MLS guys that do that um but I will tell you I'm 44 years old Eric and um I I went to the Cowboys Tampa Bay Bucks playoff game with one of my high school friends from from the, we played high school soccer together. Mm-hmm. He's a PhD, gets his doctorate literally next week. Um, he's been in school like for as long as I can remember, and surfing around the country and like living his life. And every time we get together, we're still great friends. And yeah. we had different paths, but today we we are at both professional roles. We love hanging out with each other. We have a great time helping each other. Uh, a week ago, I was up in d c uh, at at uh, d c United's training facility with one of my sons and and I'm having um dinner with another friend from high school, who we also, uh, we lived together after college. We're still great friends. We catch up on his wife and his life. And I see him like once every two years. Mm. Um, and and then this past weekend, I went to a wine tasting with my very best friend from the time I was you know 13 years old. He was the best man in my wedding. And we go in different paths throughout life, but we keep intersecting because we stayed close and so we all grow at different times. We can't make them grow at our pace and they can't make us go at their pace. So true friendship is about identifying who that person is and what they want, not about what you want, and then figuring out how you can go together. I had a great time. He actually spent the night with us. We had we had a great dinner. We woke up in the morning, watched the, the um I think it was Man U and Leeds. It was a great game. I, I think that was the game. I don't remember. My, oh, actually, we watched the PSG game mm-hmm. and uh, where, uh, where, where Messi hits the game winner yeah. on, on a free. It was phenomenal, right? And uh, he's just now like getting into soccer and asking me all these questions. We've been great friends since we were teenagers. And I guess I tell you that because um, I have great old friends and I have really amazing new ones. But I don't ever take for granted the old ones or put them down just because some of the newer ones have done some really big stuff or they wrote New York Times bestsellers or they've been on podcasts that, you know, we might dream of doing or being on. Like, it doesn't mean anything. They're all friends. And my job is to give to them the best version of myself and to be a great friend, not to take from them. And um, that lesson alone can help navigate that process.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. I had to. I learned with with some of them. They're some of my favorite people in the world. But to not give like unsolicited advice, it's like they want to. They want to live how they want to live, and that's fine. We hang out, and it's good. And like you said, we cross paths, and all these things. Yeah, that's really. It's interesting because to hear you, kind of describe that, my life has not had a chance to have that happen yet. I haven't been, well, been out of school for five, six years and kind of, it's happened a little bit, but not in in the way that you described. So that's interesting to hear kind of, and i noticed that a little bit in my parents. They have some friends that they wouldn't see for five, six years. And like, there's one, there's one guy that I remember, he's a friend of my parents. I forgot. I don't even remember what his name is, but when we were little to make us laugh, he would put a fork on his head and we call him Mr. Crazy Forkhead. And I don't even know what his name is, but I remember that. Um... Yeah, that's really interesting. I don't know. Yeah. All right, I want to shift just a little bit. Um, and one of the things that you mentioned in your first kind of opening stuff was obviously the, the amount of things that you're doing. But you have sort of you have the freedom to be able to pick and choose these things that you love to do. I imagine that you wouldn't have written a book if you didn't like to write it because nobody's making you write it um and the wine stuff for charity it's like something that you wanted to do so you have the freedom now to kind of pick and choose right things that you have enjoyed and feel passionate about or want to try and you have the ability to do that without sort of the how am I going to put dinner on the table if this doesn't work so can you touch on like how you ended up at at that point from your wife being the only one to put the down payment on the house to now you are where you are
1: yeah I mean here's what I will tell you. Um, one of the biggest misconceptions is in life is that if I only had a little more money, I'd be able to do more. And it's, it's really a, a crutch that keeps us from doing what we actually want to do. So I'll give you an example. When I joined the Rotary Club, I was 29 years old and, um, I was like the youngest guy in the room and I went to a really bad, uh, event that they were doing. And I looked around this room and I was like, Oh my gosh, these people are so successful. They are the most successful people in the city. People that I know their businesses are crushing it. And I'm nowhere near that. And I could barely afford the, the, the thousand dollars a year, you know, with, with everything you're doing right. Like it can be challenging when you start out and you're doing all the right things I remember making six figures and, and I did it before I was, I guess I was 27 or 28 the first time, which was a lot of money then. And that was, you know, um, almost 20 years ago, but let's say 16, 18 years ago. And, um, I remember feeling like I accomplished so much. Like I never dreamed I'd be making a hundred thousand dollars or more. And then I started to break it down. And I was like, dude, I'm doing everything that I'm supposed to do financially. Like I, I have life insurance in case I die that my wife is taking care of and my kids are okay. And I'm putting a little bit away in in a in a 529 college account so that they have a little bit of college money and, and I'm saving so we have emergency money. And by the time you did all that, there was literally nothing left. Like, I don't care what you thought you were going to have. Like, if I was actually doing the right things, the, the spread was small. Um, and so fast forward to continuing to just do the right things. I'm about seven years into my business and that's when I had the opportunity to, to, to work. Actually, I guess I was probably, yeah, I was about seven years, about 30 years old when the wine festival started. And I was not, I was, I was doing well, but I wasn't crushing it. I dedicated 40 hours a week for months and months and months with another, um, uh, person who co-chaired it with me, who happened to be an uncle of mine who I didn't know very well. Like he was my uncle, but but he was always working when I was growing up. And we kind of got together for this thing. And, and we just, we worked so hard on this event and started from scratch. And I, I guess the point I'm getting at is I didn't wait. I, I wasn't financially able. I, I was actually pulling away from my business at that time to be able to do this because I felt a pull to do something bigger. I felt a pull to make a difference in the community. I felt like I had already been given so many gifts and so many blessings that I wanted to to help more people. And uh, that first year we did that wine festival, we wrote a hundred thousand dollar check to the, the cancer center in our city of Chesapeake, um, And went on to raise $2.5 million through multiple events over the next, you know, 13, 14 years. And um, so the point I'm getting at is if you wait in life to do what you want to do till it's all perfect, the best example is you and your wife may or may not at some point in time in the near future start to talk about whether or not you want to have kids and when that looks like. And the biggest mistake I see is that people say, I want to wait till I'm financially stable. I want to wait until, and, I, and I've and i been managing money for 21 years, and I can tell you that there is no time where you'll be better off than another. When you have those kids, it is the greatest moment of your life, and everything will work out. You just, it actually gives you a new purpose. It gives you a new drive. It gives you, so waiting for the the right moment is what people tend to do. And I guess my my point that I'm getting at is I just didn't do that. I just did it. Nike, you have a Nike on your hat. Mm -hmm. Nike's tagline is not just try it, not just wait for it. Maybe one day it's just do it. And that's, that's been my mantra since I started. And so when I didn't know how to start a business, I just did it. I knocked on doors. I got rejected every day. I just did it. When I didn't know how I was going to pay for certain things, I just figured it out. And I hustled harder. When I needed to learn something different, I went out and found the right people to learn from. And mm. when I didn't know how to start an event, I figured out who to surround myself with and I built it with them. And I always made it an effort to just do it. And so when I wanted to learn about podcasts, I I was a guest on, you know, close to 30 in a year. Like that's, that's how you learn quickly. And you're doing that right now. I love that you're you know, instead of sitting around during COVID, you decided to just start interviewing people and learning about people because this is the fast track. Everybody should be starting a podcast on the stuff they love so they can learn more about it and just grow, even if they never put it out into the world. Like it's not about anyone seeing it. It's about you learning and growing from it. And that's all I was doing. So the how, Eric, was I was growing and learning and applying, but I wasn't waiting. I just didn't wait. I let things kind of come. And um, and I was also impatient. I think I should also say, much like, you know, five six years out of school, like you just said, I can tell you I was not super 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 stoked about where I was at or what I was doing or how hard everything was or why isn't it getting easier. Like I wanted financial freedom, but it wasn't coming as easy because I was just it was incremental. Looking back, it's very easy for me to say I wish I had more patience. I wish I would have known just the steps I was doing. When you train soccer, I know, because I have two sons that play at a high level, and I know that what makes a great player is not just talent, it's not just hard work, it's not just their technical skill, it's their ability to focus on the basics. Like Kobe Bryant said, you know, he got into the gym at 3.30 in the morning and started training, and all he did was basic drills for the first hour. I actually interviewed one of the mental coaches that worked with him recently. And he was like, dude, I tried to beat Kobe in the gym. It's the same old story. He's like, it never, never happened. The guy was already in there. He was doing the most basic drills. What Kobe knew is that if he focused on the basics over and over and over again, it incrementally made him better than everybody else. That's what that's the game to financial freedom. It's focusing on what you do. Great. Your unique ability doing just enough, putting a little bit away at a time, being, being bored with it, thinking it's never going to be enough, but just keep doing the basics because one day you're going to wake up and be like, Holy shit. It worked.
0: Yeah. That makes sense. I try to do that. Now I have my, um, granddad has been very helpful with sort of that advice. So I've been able to take it even from when I was in college even and put stuff away in certain places and kind of a little bit at a time because when you're in college and you're working as a math tutor for like like 20 hours a week like you have no money so it's like um even then it's like didn't ask why I was like well he seems like he's done quite well for himself I'm just gonna listen and just a little bit at a, a little bit at a time and yeah the basics is exactly like the the team that I'm coaching now I told them we can do passing squares. Every single practice for all practice until you guys stop messing around because this is how you win games. You're like, yeah, coach, okay, whatever. And sure enough, we've done passing squares every single practice for pretty much all practice for the last <laughs> month and a half. Uh yeah. What age group? What age group is it? they are they're, they're 06s. Um, oh sixes.
1: Um okay. Yeah, I have an O six son.
0: Oh, very nice. Yeah. So these these are not the ECNL type like they're probably NCSL half step below that or so, but they're, they're still talented and, and they try and play in high school and, and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, they love it's the game. good. They do. They do. Yeah. And uh, I think for some of them, it's just a guidance thing. Like I had, um, it's high school tryouts up, up here in Northern Virginia. And one of them texted me, he's like, Hey, so since we're not training today, like, what should I do for training? Should I like do this or this? And I was like, you should be doing this anyways, like, regardless of whether or not we have training. He was like, Oh, it's like, yeah. Like this is what, this is what it takes. Like you guys ask what it takes and this is going out and passing against the wall for an hour cause you're bored. Like, or even when you're like injured and you're in the gym and like, you can't run around, but you can get on the stationary bike, like the little, the little increments of things and kind of how to take care of yourself physically and mentally, like you mentioned earlier for soccer is like the consistency is what. Is what does it. I had another question. I forgot what it was. Oh, yeah. So when you talk about um, financial freedom, put a little bit away at a time, and put a little bit here, put a little bit here, I think people get confused about these words like IRAs and brokerage accounts and mutual funds and ETFs and, like, all these things. If you were to, like, basics, like, this is a good, obviously, most – I preface a lot of the questions I ask on this podcast by saying, I know the answer depends. However, if you were to give a general, like, this is a pretty good idea to start with for people. I don't know my age or so like mid twenties, late twenties. What would it, what would the advice be? And I guess, well, I'll ask the follow on afterwards, but
1: yeah, I I think one of the starts is to get in the habit. Uh, I want to, I want to close this question. I'm going to begin this question with the closing of the last part though, because One of the differentials between the student not knowing that they should go out and do these drills is because a lot of times they haven't connected what their actual objective goal or vision is. So a young kid, when when we as coaches tell them they should be going out and, and wall balling it for an hour, if my goal as a child is not to play at a higher level, I don't even understand I, I don't understand the gap because I can't make myself do something. It's like, if I don't want financial freedom, I'm not going to put away money. I'm going to live for today and only today. So, you know, it, it's a great, it's a great connecting between the two stories because it's about creating a vision of what you want. It starts with when you're your age, when you're any age and you're starting, what are you doing it for? Create a purpose behind it. Don't just do it because it's useless. It's like exercising without a goal. You know, I mean, if 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 you want to exercise because you want to be faster, you want to be stronger, you want to be smarter on the field, like what you want to have more stamina, what is the purpose? It makes the work purposeful and therefore effective mm. and efficient mm-hmm. and fun. Like you see the results. But if your goal is, Uh, I'm going to go to the gym twice a week and you still eat like a fat ass every single day. And you don't do any of the things that you need to do. And you're like, this doesn't work. I don't understand it. I'm never going to get anything out of this. Like the goals are not correlated. Yeah. We've got to correlate the goals. And so um, the first thing I would do is, and one of the best exercises any young person can do is write out what you want your life to look like in five years in an ideal world. What do you want it to look like? Start with my my high-performance life. Look at love. Who are the people you want to surround yourself with? Every single year, I write down the people that I want to have more of in my life and maybe a few I want to have less. Every year, I do this drill. And if I met someone who was super intriguing, I'll put that down and I'll reach out to them and say, hey, I'd love to have like a 30-minute interview or a 30-minute uh, connection. Or maybe I'm in town next time. Uh, let's grab a coffee or a bourbon. Next What do you want to accomplish from a financial perspective? When I was in my 20s, I wrote out, um, literally, I was working with a business coach, and I wrote out what I wanted to accomplish. and, um, And I had it all written down. He made me as a part of the coaching, the business coaching, write down exactly what it looked like. Like five years later, I found this in a book, and I cannot find it for the life of me right now. It's one of the things I'm most disappointed about. I found it written down and I could have checked every single box. And these were some material goals, some some professional goals, some personal goals, some relationship goals, but literally like 100% of the things I envisioned had come true. So visualizing the result that you want and, and allowing yourself to change it is fine. If we get into the logistics of where to start, okay. We're we're somebody, um, I'll tell you, I have a lot of uh my brother's 30 years old, 31 years old. So I have a much younger brother, and his his buddies have been great friends of mine. I just went to his bachelor party, he just got married in September. So, like, um, all of his friends are hitting that next level. And uh I I've always given them the same guidance. It's like, hey, first, first thing is mindset. Get your mind right that you have a purpose beyond, like it's the future. You got to be thinking into the future. If you're thinking into the future, then you can save money. If you're only thinking about tonight, you can't save money. You can't roll out. And, you, and so that starts out, go back to my life model. Who are you surrounding yourself with? Are there people that you're with every single weekend making you spend a boatload of money and wasting it? Or are you surrounding yourself with people that are constantly trying to invest, save, get better? Like that is another thing that that really works. So- if you're getting the basics, Eric, and the, you get into the, just the basics, first of all, everybody has a 401k at their work. Almost everybody has a 401k. If you're not getting at least the match, you're wasting free money. That is free money. If, you're for, if your company does 4% match, 6% match, whatever it is, put in at least what the match is. Get used to not having that. I set myself up when I was very, very young. Even when I didn't have the amount, I put away 10% all the time. That was mm. just what I did. I read a book by Rick Edelman called The Truth About Money, and I started putting away money um, at a very young age. And that was that was the, the you know, it, was, it, it didn't look like it added up to much, but it started to really make a big difference.
0: I have that book, actually, I think. Really? Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's an old book. It's an old book. It's basics. And there's way better stuff on the internet now. There's even way better books. One of the ones I really love uh, is The Wealthy Gardener. And it's just a, it's a great book. And it kind of talks about all the facets of wealth, but it kind of tells it in a parable story. So like mm. one side is the real life. And then one side's kind of like a parable. And it's, it's kind of neat to look at a father and a son kind of teaching the next generation, uh, rich dad, poor dad, another one. Yeah, with, that's with a good one. Quadrants. The, I mean, educating yourself is the best investment you can make. I'm kind of like Gary V in my mindset. It's like, you are never too, too old to just start learning that's the most, invest in yourself, invest in that. That's the way to do it. But if, as you go, if you put away some money in your 401k, if you have a Roth IRA and you're able to, to put away money that that won't be taxed later, and you could put away 25, 50, $100 a month, whatever it is, there's even, there's even real estate funds and things you can do that are crowdsourced now that are like 10 bucks. Uh, uh, that you as little as 10 to $15, you can put money in. you can buy fractional shares of stock nowadays. There's no reason why young people shouldn't be doing it. I could not do that when I started Hmm. like that, that would didn't exist. You had to go to someone like me and you had to open an account and it had paperwork. And like, now you can literally go to acorns and put money in and every time it rounds tons of apps. Yeah. Like utilize what exists. And then when you get to a point where you think you need the next level, Go seek guidance and advice. Go get help. Don't be afraid to ask. Uh, Believe it or not, most millennials a decade ago said they would never use a financial advisor. Today, the numbers like something like 72% or 80% today say they want a financial advisor, someone that actually tells them what to do and helps them because they don't want to have to think about it. So, you know, most most people will help you, but I think the starting point is just, Again, your Nike hat is perfect for me. Just do it. Just do it and learn. Fail a little bit. Don't worry about it. It's okay. There's no perfect answer. And um, but an index fund, something super simple. Like you don't have to light the world on fire. Just put money away and start out because that will be your emergencies. Like if if you have a little bit in savings and then you have a little bit in future money, you've already set yourself up better than ninety nine percent of people out there.
0: Yeah, 100%. And the thing about the having like a little pot of money that you know that you don't need it, I was talking to – somehow this happens to me often. But I was at somebody's graduation party, and it's a really close friend of mine and my wife's, and her uncle was there. And for whatever reason, I ended up talking with him for like an hour instead of doing what I was supposed to be doing, which was not that. But he said the same thing. He was like, yeah, just have like a – like some – Hundred bucks, whatever it is that you know you don't need, and try stuff. Put it into startups, and like, if you hit the all, you, he was like, "All you need is one." Um, so he was saying that he did that with Apple, back in like the nineties or whatever. Um, he's like, "All you need is one," and there's so many ways, like all the things that you said, and and kind of just, I don't know, to to the point of not having to think about it. There's that for sure, and that's why people like you, you are important because there's a lot of people that don't want to think about it. And there's times that I don't want to think about it, but there's also times where it interests me and where I'll be like, Hmm, I wonder if I did like crypto is a good example of this. Like some people will say, Oh, crypto is going to be around for forever. And other people are like, it's all a scam. And then like to figure out what it is. And then you see like the big ups and downs and then you talk to, so I guess if you want to get on crypto, I would love to know your opinion on it. Um, Otherwise we can table that, but do you have an opinion on, on it? I I have an opinion
1: and it is, I don't know a whole lot about it. I have friends that have made millions of dollars in it and I have friends that have lost millions of dollars in it. Yeah. I have never invested in it myself. Um, Sometimes it's not about knowing all of the things it's about doing something. Well, I have a, a a close friend and, and client that's never invested in real estate doesn't like real estate, hates real estate, has no interest in it, has bought technology stocks and just focused on tech his entire career in life and literally bought Apple at, the, at the, the bare bones, bought Intel, bought companies that have made tons and tons of money for them. I have other people that have bought nothing but real estate and they have rentals and they've got 10, $20 million portfolios. I mean, I, I could tell you lots of different things it all comes down to one thing creating a discipline see discipline gets you out of when you're interested and when you're not this is what mm-hmm. gets people out of interest when they are interested in working out and not interested in working out discipline heals all of that and creates the freedom it's the it's the the it's the box that dials you in to success discipline equals freedom and so whatever you want to get into get into it with education and learning and growth and, and discipline. So, you know, if I'm a kid and I want to learn something, you know, learn a little bit about crypto. If I, if I, if I want to learn about it, I think blockchain and crypto has a long future, but I don't think they've created the crypto yet. Maybe that's going to be the one, like, if you think about the internet, Yahoo was, was it. And when Google came, Google changed the game. So, I mean, you're you're going to see Microsoft was the best. And then Apple was lagging. Then Apple became the best. And now there's an Apple Watch and there's a, you know, an Apple phone. And at the end of the day, you know, I, I can't imagine my life without some of these things. But what I'm saying to you is creating a discipline i don't really believe so much into finding the one i actually don't believe in just finding one and 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 letting it hit i have never i believe in yeah does that make sense like I, I,
0: i agree with you wholeheartedly i don't i have all the varieties of things and then it's just like this is like fun fun money like try it out type thing yeah yeah i agree with you
1: and then dial into what you love like dial into what you understand if you really understand real estate then dial it in. If rich dad, poor dad just is like the Bible to you for, for growth, then, then read it over and over again. Anybody that's young should be reading, think and grow rich by Napoleon Hill, a hundred percent, because that is where mindset starts. Then it's about application books like rich dad, poor dad, and, and um, you know, anything about money at all, any of those books are going to be, are going to be books that are about application and execution but mindset's where it starts and discipline is where it's activated. Then it's about education and utilizing that to dial into what you want to get a little better at.
0: Yeah, discipline, so, so big. When I figured that out for myself within soccer, I went from not making the team at a D3 school to being on that preseason with Loudoun United, which is an USL championship. And like, if you had asked somebody, that knew me in high school if, Hey, five years or eight years from now, Eric's going to be in Mexico. And then a month later, he's going to be on trial with loud. And they would have been like, no shot. Um, but yeah, it's the thing that, like you said, with the interest is like, Nope, I'm going to make myself go. And half the battle is showing up. So now I've showed up, might as well get something done. If it's maybe it's not the whole thing, it's three quarters of it or anything is better than nothing. um, I want to touch on discipline aspect with writing the book because writing is not, I prefer like a verbal form of of communication kind of where I can bounce ideas off people. And it's easier for me to kind of flesh ideas out and think through things in, in that way. But, and I, but I've always admired people that have taken the time to write something down and read over it a gazillion times. And to like, you read one sentence like 18 times until each word means what you want it to say. And, so can you touch on that a little bit like how why I guess why you wanted to start the book and then the process and and how you ended up kind of going through that.
1: Yeah, so um it 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 starts out like a lot of my my stories where I was surrounded by the right who's. Um you know, part of it is when I was uh in my business, I buy other businesses in other practices and i help the average age of a financial advisor is 62 years old and i'm 44 and i've been doing it 21 years so when you look back at the at the the timeline i've come up in a great time to to be able to be the gap between generations right and so i wanted to build a business that helped other people be successful and and help them transition and and succeed in their businesses well beyond um when they wanted to retire so Uh, not all of them want to retire, but a lot of them don't have the ability to actually do the things that they need to do. And so I started learning about what the hangups were. Why were people not doing this? And I kept coming across the same thing. People get lost in their impact. They get lost in their business. So when I, when I decided to write the book, I wrote the book called Freedom Street on creating a rich life, living your legacy, not leaving one, living one and owning the future. And it was about what I was finding as a challenge to every single person I talked to. It was literally creating a rich life meant you have to create a rich life that, that isn't about money. It's about the most important things. It's about the things that matter most. And if you surround yourself with the things that matter most, then you have purpose well beyond money. Money's empty, no matter how much you make, no matter how many toys you get, it's always going to have, you're going to want something else. Everybody owns a piece of exercise equipment any person, you know, in their forties, even late thirties owns a piece of exercise equipment they've never used, or they bought once and they've never, ever used it again. Like you buy stuff all the time and you never use it. There's stuff in your kitchen that you got that you had to have for your wedding and you never pull it out of the drawers because it is shit. It's just stuff. It doesn't matter. So, so when you look back on, on writing the book, I found these trends and I started to organize these thoughts. And then I was like, man, maybe I should put these in a book. And I found myself at one of the groups. I'm a part of this group called genius network. And it's a, uh, it's a big, um, uh, it's a big entrepreneur networking group. And, and, uh, but it goes well beyond the network. I mean, it's, it, there's so many great people in there. My very first meeting, I met Hal Elrod who wrote uh, miracle morning. And it's one of the best selling books of all time. It's written in like multiple languages um, I was sitting across from, uh, uh, Tucker Max, who, uh, is also a, a famous author and, and they wrote, they had a movie about him and, um, and I'm, I'm in this group and I was saying something about writing a book and he was like, oh, I started a company called scribe because I didn't really, in- I I, I like to write, but I found a lot of my friends don't like to write, but they have really good stuff. And, uh, and I said, oh, how does it work? And basically it's, uh, a series of interviews and they, they take your recorded words and then they give them back to you and then you get to edit it and make and make sure that it's what you want. But there's a process and they help you do it. And so I went through the process and utilized them. David Goggins did this. Have you ever mm. read Can't Hurt Me?
0: David I've not, Goggins. I've not, but I've seen him on podcasts and all sorts of stuff. I've not read the book, though. Goggins used
1: my same publisher, used the same exact thing. Book came out, mm. I think, uh, uh, the same year or a year earlier. And it's one of the top selling books of the last five years. I mean, it's crushed it. And yeah. Goggins did it in an interview style where he was able to create the stuff. And then you reorganize it. And through each of the edits and the process, it's all your words. So it's not like hiring a ghostwriter who just writes everything for you. But it is, it's a process that kind of pulls it all together for you so you can be better equipped. And there is someone who's guiding you through the process. And so that was, that was awesome. That was the greatest thing for me. And so I allotted time every single week to do 90 to 120 minutes. I think each one of them was 120 minutes and they otter yeah. AI'd every single conversation. Then I got the manuscript and then we worked at organizing the, uh, I had an editor and I had somebody who pulled together all the thoughts. And I mean, it was my words to the point where when we got to the first edit, I was like, wow, that sounds like crap it sounds awesome when you when you say it but I, I it doesn't come across when it's written the same way i meant it to to sound when yeah. i when i said it and so you can't tell you can't see my face you can't see my hands you can't see writing is just as it is it's like when you send a text you ever send a text to somebody and they completely misinterpret the text you're like what the hell is wrong with them yeah. i was actually saying something super chill and they're like why are you being such a jerk and you're like well I'm, I was just saying this when you put a
0: period on the end of the text and younger people don't know that it's people just do that means they're angry.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Like it's, it's so crazy, but, um, so why did I write the book? Because I wanted to help people. I wanted to put Mm. my ideas on paper. I wanted to actually help more people find a better future, find their own freedom, find, find what freedom meant to them, define it and work towards it. I wanted to help people in my industry be better prepared. I use this book and I send it to anyone that we're, we're talking to about potentially purchasing their business or anything. And it's a great resource for them. They can see exactly who I am, what I stand for. There's no strings attached. It is a personal story mixed in with business goals and, 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 and values and ideas and ideals that I've put in on paper and, you know, one day my kids might pick up the book and look at it and say, Hey, I got a really good insight into the first part of dad's life. Um, Mm. and so that was also something I I felt really inclined to do. And that's why I do so many videos on YouTube and different things. I put stuff out there. You will not have a problem finding out who I am and what I stand for and what I believe in. And when I'm gone one day, I, I hope that's still helping people. I hope that my learned lessons are helping people get better, be better, be a better version of themselves. So um, the process was easier than it than it. I, I I found myself in front of someone that that literally owned the company that was like, dude, I can help you Connected me with someone and we started doing it. And when I published it, you know, I actually was set to go March 2020 to talk about challenge March of 2020 was COVID I was supposed to release March of 2020. By the time I released, it was September of 21. Like some of the stuff in the book was super stale. I had to go back and like re-edit it and Mm. totally change. And then you realize you are responsible for like the PR and the, the, no matter how good your PR team is, your advertising team, like it's you putting that book out into the world. And so um, I, I, I mean, I just went and did a speaking event last night and, and, you know, it was ten more books that that somebody bought, and like it's it's a little bit at a time, but it's really been a cool process, and it's a great way for people to get their thoughts out. Everybody should go through the process. It was therapeutic for me.
0: It was mm. something
1: that you mentioned something early on, and that when you're young, and I, I I I broached this on this morning's podcast. It was it was super cool. When you're young, all these things start happening throughout your life and you have no idea how they're interconnected. You actually think they're not connected at all, like a scatter chart of this and then that and, you know, Loudoun United and then I'm coaching soccer here and then my friend Rich is a photographer and all these things are like scattered all over the place and there's zero um, like connectivity to any of it. And the older you get, so I was 40, 40 something when I wrote the book, 41, 42, when I started writing the book. You look back and all of a sudden, all those scatters that seem so far away are really dialed in into this tight knit line, linear direction upward of your trajectory in a direction that's, that's leading you right where you were supposed to be. You are right now where you're supposed to be, no matter where you are. How you choose to get to the next level is all part of the journey. But where you were, you couldn't be here now if you weren't there. Mm. So it's all part of that. So the scatter chart just gets tightened and tightened. And I looked back on my journey and I was like, wow, everything was connected. Every little thing was connected. And I was so grateful and, and felt so, um, you know, just, just dialed in. I, I felt like my, my 20s were a time for hard work and discovery, my thirties were a time for, for, you know, personal growth and professional growth and working on myself as a father and a husband. My forties have been a time for, for seeking more wisdom and enlightenment and sharing more and more of what I've learned and then watching what's happened in a way that, that, um, you know, I just, I wish I knew some of this stuff earlier. It's so valuable.
0: I say that like, all the time. I wish I knew that <laughs> earlier. Um, when you're making videos, or you're going to, well, I guess there's there's two. I had two thoughts. And the first is when you're making videos, and you talked about legacy and kind of still helping people later down the road. Do you? When I first did like the first ten episodes or so, I was kind of like, "Oh, I don't know if I should say that," and I was sending the audio to people beforehand, like, "Is this okay?" And then kind of it, I've moved towards a point where I'm like, "Like, whatever." It's like it's the the conversation has become organic and in a more sort of. I don't exactly know what the right word I'm looking for, but it's I guess basic. It's more authentic yeah, now. Yeah. So like. The question for you is when, because you've done, you have YouTube videos that are not just conversations. Um, and then to go off the, to add in the speaking event part, because I, I'm i going to guess educated educated guess based on your website that a lot of the stuff you say in the speaking events is similar to like the reels and the clips that you're putting out on, on Instagram. And so there's like two, I'm trying to like figure out how to, fold this into one so i guess the, so the thoughts that i have are first the sort of the clips and the in the thoughts are like to somebody like me and is kind of stuff that you figured out over your life and then you run into people sort of where like how do you not like I'm like this seems so obvious that if your cup's not full. How are you gonna fill anyone else's cup? But yeah. like, the, but like the thing to learn it and actually to like, there's one thing to hear it and then to like really process it and then to execute in your life. And so when you're going through, like, do you ever think in the in those videos or when you're talking to people, like? this stuff is just fundamental and it will never not be true because of the human condition. Like, where are you in all these things? Because you've, you've transitioned almost from like, yeah, you're managing people's money and helping people get financial freedom. But also there's this like life coaching aspect to what you are doing. And it seems like it was on purpose, but I think part of me guesses that a part of you didn't necessarily expect it to go that way. Is that accurate? I don't know.
1: It's a hundred percent accurate. When I first started doing videos, I had a uh, PR person I hired and we um, and we would record and they, they literally wanted me to focus only on money. And every time I focused on money, I felt dirty. I felt uncomfortable. I felt inauthentic. Like it was not, I've never focused on money. If you were, were a client of mine, I understood your life first. And once I understood your life, I could help your money work for you. And I felt like that's what made me different. And so every time I was out there, like I could be one of those, my YouTube channel would be growing 10 times faster. And I know because I I, I work with Evan Carmichael and some of the best people in the entire industry in this space. And they told me, talk about money, you will grow you literally at like 10 times. But I didn't want to. I want to talk about what I'm authentic about, what I believe. And what I believe is... Um, If you get your mind right, if you get the fundamentals right, that's where the success lies and everything else just starts to come. Like chasing money is the worst game ever. And Mm -hmm. most people that follow videos on chasing money are chasing money. And what I'm trying to do is reset them, reboot them, get them to where they're mentally ready to have money come into their lives. You can't have financial blessings and success if you're not ready for it. 'Cause you'll blow it up.
0: And I so one thing um real quick just to Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, there was I think uh Jordan Peterson was talking about he's was like somebody told him that they wish that they just won the lottery. And he was like, Are you ready to handle the responsibility of all that money? And it's like that's something that people I like I know it's there, but it's something to it's like there's something it's like it's not it's both just a number on the screen, but also not just the number on the screen. And it's that sort of, um, kind of, it's almost like a contradiction in itself, but like that responsibility that you have when you like to actually manage it. And he was talking about, Oh, so your aunt is going to ask for so such and such. And are you going to give your aunt more than your other uncle? And like, if you do, then what? And like all these things that just like come cascading down. And it's such a, it was, I was like, it's mind blowing. And so it's why, um,
1: it's why I wanted to be authentic. So what I'll tell you is when we first started doing the videos, I remember I was really started doing these where I was doing them for a purpose. Like I was putting out a topic and I was, now I literally go in and I just talk about what's on my mind. What did I learn this week? What did I feel? What challenges did I have? You know, I, I had a, a challenging conversation with a client and I am not afraid of whether or not they decide they they were they were struggling because the economy was down and they were like what do we do and and I said for the last 15 years your plan has been working so you could travel the country you retired early earlier than I told you you really should you did all these things and now you're concerned because we hit one bumpy year like that's not a good plan 10 years ago I would have talked way less uh, confident today, I'm like, dude. I'm just telling you how it is. This is how it is, and I want to. I want you to know that this is the truth. So when I get on video, when I record these videos, it is all about authenticity. It is all about me, and I don't mean about me and what and what. Um, I don't care that you're seeing me. I don't care what anybody thinks. But I'm doing every video for someone else. Everything I put out there is so somebody. Yeah, it might be fundamental to you. But it might not be fundamental to someone who it's not. And you know how many mm. times I get texted or DM'd from a family friend or from someone that I haven't seen in 20 years, sometimes more. And it's so random. It's like a a a friend of ours that we went to high school with who I might see three times in 20 years. And they're like, dude, I watch your videos all the time because they give me, they they just they pump me up. Another friend of mine says, Hey, I make the kids watch your videos when we're when we're feeling bummed together. Another person said, "You know, hey, hey, Mister, Mister Scott. Like, I love watching your videos, especially before games. Like, I, I'm, I'm hitting such a wide spectrum that it actually takes a lot longer to grow. That that takes forever to grow because you're 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 <laughs> I've <scattered. experienced> that. <laughs> yeah, but you just I'm not worried about it because I'm not doing it to grow. I'm not doing it so I'm seen. I'm not doing it so somebody." is out there going like, oh my God, I hope it goes viral. I'm doing it because it's good information. It's honest and it's authentic. And I really think it will help you who's listening to this. And um, and if you need it, it's amazing how things we need in our life show up sometimes at the right moment on a TikTok or on an Instagram reel or you like it, you're like, oh wow, that was really good. And I really needed that today because I'm open to that energy in the universe. So I just try to put out good energy into the world. And I don't worry about whether I get, I mean, dude, my friends, my buddies, like my professional buddies who like have been friends of mine for 20 years, literally in our Facebook, I mean, in our um, in our text chain, will take my TikTok or, or Instagram pictures and they'll make them memes and they send them to, they literally blow me up constantly. They change my words. They they make fun of me constantly. I mean, I get hey, eaten those are good over friends. Life. Yeah, those are good that, friends. They are good friends. Like it's they they're busting my chops, but I don't. Ex- I didn't make these videos for them, right? Like no. I don't care what they. I love them and I love their joking on me. It means that I matter to them. But at the, I laugh at them. I think they're hilarious. I mean, they put Keeps hair you on grounded me. They, a bit too. It does. It does. It's 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 humbling. But the truth is, brother, I'm doing it. For a much bigger bigger thing and that is to help people today and every day i have a, a practice i want to say one more thing i think this is impactful um when i talk about impact i have a practice that i call the habit of daily impact and the habit of daily impact is something that i believe that you have to train your mind and your body and your soul to look for opportunities to make a difference in someone's life and it has to start out small Mm-hmm. The habit of daily impact is a way where you can feel really great inside because you're focusing not on yourself. Anytime you get inward and you start to get really like, uh, life isn't moving fast enough. I, I'm not, I'm not where I want to be. This isn't right. You're all up in your own grill. You're all up in your own head. And anytime you're doing that, your ego's getting in the way. The fastest way to fix that is to do something nice for somebody else. You cannot think about yourself when you're doing something nice for someone else. And I'm talking simple stuff. Go to the supermarket, check out in, in one of the actual checkouts, not the self-checkout. We don't talk to anybody and smile at the person and tell them that you you love their nails or um, or that they have a great smile. Thanks for the great energy today. Or one compliment. You love their outfit.
0: I don't care what it, it works. is. It yeah, does. I do hold that. Hold
1: the door. Hold the door for someone as you walk out, smile at them, pick up trash, make a difference, a small impact every single day. And what you find is it becomes a habit. One becomes two, two becomes three. Before you know it, you're doing multiple things like this every single day. And you're living a life of gratitude and blessing, generosity. That is the secret to feeling better about yourself, not you. Mm. It's not about us at all. And so when I put out videos, that's the kind of stuff I talk about. And that's the kind of stuff I want people to follow me for because they want something more for their lives, but maybe they're lost in thinking that it starts with just someone else giving them something. It's not it starts with them doing something for the world, putting good energy
0: into the world. Yeah. 100%. And it's a good way. Like in, in college, I was often the friend that people would ask for, for advice. And it's a good way to like, kind of get your own thoughts on how to live that are just out there and in a way that isn't, I don't know. It's just nice to hear people's perspectives on, on different things. And and so for you to kind of take it upon yourself to have that bigger purpose, it's, it's cool. It's cool. And then the energy to put into the world out like the world could use some more good energy. That's for sure.
1: It needs it. It needs it. You know what else people need to be confident that they were made a certain way and the way that they're made is exactly the way they're supposed to be. Like, Mm. again, you are where you're supposed to be. You were made a certain way. You have unique talents, find that unique talent and share it with the world. I'm a connector and a communicator. Mm -hmm. This is what I've, I've always been gifted at words. Your, 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 your greatest gifts or, or, um, strengths turned up too loud are also your greatest weaknesses. If you're a great person with words, guess what? You probably have said things you regret in your life. Like I have, you are really good at talking, but you're not great at pulling back from things when they're authentically who you are. So the older I get, the really harder, I focus on being a better version of myself every single day. But, but you also said something that was super cool. And that is, it's almost like it was on purpose that you're a financial advisor and then you're a CEO and then you're doing these videos and it is on purpose. I'm always working on the next chapter. I'm never focused on just this chapter. I'm always turning the page and putting a little bit of today into tomorrow so that tomorrow's already started. Mm. Tomorrow's already started and that goes back to your original question, how do I do it all? Yeah. You I'm can't say you can't further. stay stagnant. Movement, it's mm-hmm. about movement. It's like off the ball, right? If I make a pass and I stand still I am a useless player, Yep. but if I make a pass and I move, if I move away, I might draw the defender. If I run through, I pull the defender. If I open up, I create a passing lane. This is simplicity, but it's all about movement. The more a player moves in the field or sees movement on the field, the better player they become.
0: Yeah. hundred percent. I think you have brought this full circle. I know I've mentioned the other thing, but I think it's fine. We can maybe, maybe there's a round two. We'll have another we conversation another day. Yeah, yeah. Another conversation for another day. We've got one, one sort of last question that I ask most people. And that is if everything goes perfectly next three to five years for you, everything happens exactly how you want. You pull out the piece of paper and you can check everything off. Where are you at?
1: I think first of all, everything that I want in my life right now is about everyone else in my life. I, if you look at 3 to 5 years I have an 06 soccer player I hope he's playing for a school he really loves to play for if that's what he wants to do I hope he loves his life and he's learning cool stuff and meeting great people and building the relationships we just talked about I hope my youngest son is exploring his talents and and maybe playing for another club or something that's bigger than than himself or following his dream I hope my wife and I are still leading ourselves in the right direction Hope we're traveling more, enjoying more sunshine, living a better life. I hope my my team that I lead are happier and healthier. I hope I'm just as healthy, if not better, than I am today. And um, you know, I could give you all the professional and 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 personal goals, but right now, it's it's honestly about figuring out how to make a bigger impact in the world. And um, I feel like every time I have a conversation like this, the stage gets just a little bit bigger. Mm. And, uh, last night I had 10 books that I sold. I potentially booked two major speaking engagements into the future, all from a small 15 person speaking engagement that I probably was going to turn down Mm. and it kept me humble. It gave me a great purpose. I had a great time. I had a lot of time to think, and I want to stay, I want to stay humble, but continue to grow. And that's, that's the answer to that question.
0: Fair enough. I appreciate your time. Thank you. This was great. I really enjoyed it. I need more of these kind of like to have, not that you are, not that you are me in 20 years or whatever, but like something like that. I don't, I don't get enough of just free flowing conversations with people that are not like my dad. Not that, I mean, he's very helpful, but you know what I mean? (laughs)
1: yeah well, I'm someone's dad too, and I tell yeah. my
0: boys all the time
1: what to do and how to do it and they they barely listen and my best friends can tell them the same thing and they're always listening. So you know what? just remember that we're all talking on a different frequency. Mm-hmm. sometimes someone that's on your frequency is really dialed in. get more of that if it's the right kind of frequency, get more of that. you know one last thing I'll say is if you it, I um when my kids got on Instagram, I went on Instagram before they even got on it. And I started following all the people that I wanted to be in their brain, all the things that I wanted to see. And as they got older, they started to delete some of the stuff that I picked because they figured out how it worked. And, you know, and, uh, but I, I, to this day get great videos from my sons. I get videos of things that I would use or that I would say, or that I believe in. And so pay close attention to what frequency you're putting into your brain. If It's not a good frequency, man. You just dialed in to something that I think is so important. And that is just to bring us full circle. Like you said, find people that, that look like you feel like you are what you want to be and surround yourself with them. Get more of them. How can you find more? Read about them, learn about them, have coffee with them. You know, guess what? They all want to give it to give it away. There's nobody that isn't successful, that isn't interested in giving it away. And if they aren't interested in giving it away, they're jerks and you're better off without it.
0: Fair enough. We'll end on that. See you guys later. Peace.